Hi, and welcome back once again. I am your host, Ryan Keyes, and you're listening to the show In Deep Shift, a show about diving deep into topics that tempt the mind to merge with possibilities, to be open to new realities, balancing reason with soul, a common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity, basically creating a whole new reality right now. Please follow me over at Ryan Keyes for cutting edge info and also on YouTube or Instagram at Ryan Keys to Life. Whoa, are you ready to go into this? As promised in episode 11, this is episode 12, part two. Wow, I don't, can't believe I'm getting ready to do this, but here we go. Being single is absolutely acceptable, but what are the real reasons you're single? Hmm, is it something deeper? Is single a symptom of something deeper that doesn't work? So let's remove the mask and heal what happens here right now. So going forward, we can figure it out. You can overcome those triggers and you can figure it out if being single is what so you can fill your life with things that make you feel full and happy and you don't have to answer to anyone or because you're developing self-trust, self-worth, because your life isn't stuck on some kind of trajectory and you like the freedom to figure it out on your own, fewer responsibilities, you get to design your own life, your own apartment, your own place, space, you get to fly and find things out about yourself. All of your relationships are bustly and flirty and fun and flourishing. You got a bank account, you got money, and you're ready to move. Are all those sounding like something that has got you salivating on being single? Hmm. If that's the case, so be it. But if you're single and your excuse is, I'm too busy. Life gets so busy. I'm an ambitious go-getter that wants to do everything, and a relationship isn't for me. Well, that could be a little bit of an excuse, right? Granted, a relationship is a big investment of time, energy, and emotion. But what good is a partner if you're too busy, right? But are you just staying busy because there's parts of you that are beneath the surface you're not taking time with, maybe you're neglecting some of the things that you believe are unknown to you, but you really do know, right? Some of those self-sabotaging habits, some of those dust bunnies under the rug, maybe the elephant in the room is that you just don't feel that you can compete in the marketplace. Maybe you feel inferior for some reason. Maybe you need to figure yourself out, right? Maybe you don't respect yourself. Maybe you don't believe in yourself. Maybe you are chasing the admiration of everyone but yourself. Perhaps you need to take this time. Maybe being single has been a little bit of a self-sabotage movement because you've been emotionally unavailable and you're overemphasizing that single is sexy. Not saying that it's not bad. But I'm just saying, maybe there's some reasons why. Maybe there's some things that are creating this space. 
maybe you are shy. Maybe you don't get out much. Maybe you're a little bit of an introvert, right? Maybe you don't have the same chances to escape a single life like somebody else. Maybe you're a little intimidated. Maybe you don't, you're not as talkative. Maybe you don't feel comfortable in your body, your, your space. Maybe finding a relationship is like kind of finding a job. You feel like you got to go out of your way and you have to try and you got to figure it out. And it's frustrating. Maybe you were told that you weren't pretty or you were overweight. Maybe you were told that you couldn't be what you wanted to be. Maybe you didn't have that support. But it's time to go to that inner child and say, hey, sit down over there. What are we going to do? Well, I'm not going to look for a relationship. I'm going to locate myself and make myself the center of what would serve me and help me to uplift. I'm going to build a network. I'm going to plant seeds. I'm going to enable myself. Enable myself to be present. Even if I'm an introvert, I'm going to explore my possibilities. And the elephant in the room could be, you still have the urge to call your ex. Wait, what? Have you been trying to contact them? Have you been driving by your ex's house? Are you silently stalking them on social media? Are you still holding a candle for the one that didn't come back? Believe it or not, it's very obvious when you're not over your ex, especially when you are meeting people and you're going out on dates or a dinner because subconsciously you're stripped down and even your speech, your actions, your body language will lay it all on the table. You will subconsciously reveal it and the situation will show it will be so bright that even the dimmest date would be able to see that you're not over your ex. So this is good if you're single and you're still pining for someone that is no longer looking your way. You need time to heal. You need time to reclaim your independence. There's nothing wrong with taking time to find yourself, but you need to clear and to clean out the closet. Go through and scrub some of your social media if it's over and they're not coming back. And I've got news. I get a lot of calls, a lot of calls. When's he coming back? It's been two years. Does he love me? I know he's married with kids, but he hasn't called me in a year. Do yourself a big favor and blow the doors off of that and move on. If somebody's not, there's a, my friend Greg wrote a book. He's not that into you. If you haven't read it, read it. So for the record, anybody that's going out with you can understand and see from a mile away that you haven't moved on, right? We can tell it's just obvious. Now there will be the occasional person, mostly men, that will still stick it out and stay with it because they're just trying to hit it. They're not serious. They're not looking for somebody that's healed. You want to look for somebody that's healthy, that shows up as a healthy person, and you'll be able to recognize that as well. So I've got news. One of the things that you need to understand, right? And this is just a little bit off the cuff, but if he cares, he'll call. Now, there are 
extraneous situations in which he can't call. Maybe you've got 12 hours time difference. Maybe somebody is a doctor or maybe they have a job where they work different hours and you've got to orchestrate and you have to negotiate the times and that, but their interest is there. They're showing up, they're sending messages, they're involved. If they go weeks at a time without talking to you, they do not care. Men don't care. A man or a man is like a lion. If he's looking towards your direction and he wants you, he will find you and he will grab you. He will take it and he will run with it. So if he's not taking the time and he has it, he doesn't take you seriously. So if he isn't an ex, then he should be an ex. So one of the other problems on being single that could be setting you sideways, right? You could be single and selling it to yourself that this is perfectly great, I'm single, but maybe it's because you're nitpicky. Maybe you don't believe in the quality of person that you deserve. Maybe the culprit is is that you're constantly being excessively picky. And I'm not saying being selective is not a good quality, right? You don't want to settle, but also being picky, like... Oh my God, he had on purple socks. I cannot deal. I just moved on. If you find yourself ghosting more than once a week, watch out. Like they say, is it everybody else or is it you? So one of the things is, is when you choose somebody that you're going to commit to and spend time with, there's a fine line between being selective and being obsessively nitpicky. Selective people judge potentiality based on the level of compatibility and chemistry and conversation, communication. Nitpicky people, they are unrealistic. They are out of their mind. They eliminate a potential beautiful person because they don't like the way they walk or talk, right? They will... I can't even begin to, to, to roll into this. You need a reality check because the perfect person is never going to walk in the door. Everybody farts. Everybody burps. Everybody has B.O. Not everybody presents a perfect package 100% of the time. So don't let the little things keep you from being in somebody's life and falling in love, right? You need to eliminate the idea that someone... Prince Charming is, is, is a picturesque person in a movie. Be selective. Have some key qualities, some components, emotional things. Have some understandings, right? They don't have to look like Henry Cavell and be packing a walloping million-dollar banking account, right? Other thing that could be keeping you single, just saying, a self-esteem issue. You could be (laughs) inflating, you could be like the United States economy, inflating the value, (laughs) or you could be like a third world country, deflating your value, right? You may be operating your uh, functionality as a um, potential person in a relationship as fiat currency. You might be writing checks you can't cash, or you might actually have not even tapped into that underground oil that's all over the place that could be gushing up goodness, right? So if your self-esteem is way too high, I had a friend that, God rest his soul, 
was not a personable person, was on the verge. He was binging into narcissism. And he he was the kind of guy that would go to the strip club and he would tip a dollar and think, damn, she was dancing for me. It's like you walked up there and folded a dollar bill and dropped it on stage. I'm not I'm not into strip clubs, but I would I went a few times with him and it was completely embarrassing. So, or he would set up the situation. Hey, they'll really like that I do this. Can you talk about this? I'm like, what? Just be real. Just be yourself. Why do you got, why is everything going to go back to this? Why do you have to be somebody? Just be human. So his self-esteem was such that he was codependent on creating space based on a hyper reality and self-worth that hadn't shown up yet. He was working on it. But he wasn't the person that he was imagining himself to be at the moment. So the quality and the caliber of person he was looking for was only based on physicality, believing that he could nab a supermodel because of the way, just a false perception of reality. So he assumed that basically that his purpose and his potential was a lot more than what it was. So he really needed to be a little bit more honest with himself about what he brought to the table and about what he could create because he was single for years and it was because he, and there was some great people that crossed his path that he just didn't even give the time of day because they weren't in his league, but literally he wasn't in their league because they were way above him in my opinion. So the other process of this part, a part of this uh, self-worth syndrome, is uh, self-esteem being too low. You might regard yourself uh, a lot lower on the totem pole, right? Than people that really will take interest, you know. And that could be because you're you're still uh, allowing the um, the little boy that was bullied, like in my case, or the person that had um, eating issues, to tag along with you as you're trying to show yourself show your qualities, right? So why would anybody want to date you, right? Is this a joke? Are you really interested in me? You think you you like me? Have you ever heard those phrases, right? So basically, when you have a low self-esteem, which is completely the polar opposite of the whole type of like kind of like delusional narcissistic space, you feel that being single is some somehow your fault, right? That it, you're unfortunate, and that you push away people that actually would be interested in you because your confidence is really low. And you constantly remind yourself how you don't deserve love. So that's one thing that you could begin to work on. And that takes some affirmations and, and, and a real good coach that can help you create this um, not so rigid, not so... Um, detrimental and undermining point of view from yourself other thing is tall dark handsome the bad boy i've been there wasn't really worth it but mr mysterious mr gray mr big when you have this air of mystery that attracts people to you because you look you know you're you you look sexy but also suspicious right well, the thing is, is that you're attracting people that are only looking for a, a distraction. So you don't want to distract, an, I mean, you don't want to attract a distraction, 
right? So if you're attracting a distraction, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure. And you may be doing that on purpose because yet again, you're afraid of being vulnerable. So you hide who you are. Um, Mark Manson wrote this book about models. He said, you cannot be an attractive and life-changing presence without being a joke or an embarrassment to others. You just simply can't. You have to be somewhat controversial because when you show yourself, you're going to be silly. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're not going to speak perfectly all the time. You might stutter. You might pass gas at the movie theater because you laughed too hard. I did, and it was damn funny, right? So, being vulnerable can help you drop the air of mystery that is moving people across your path that are not serious about relationships. So you might inadvertently be single because you subconsciously are afraid of either being hurt or showing who you are, which on the flip side, it could just be because you're just too damn independent. Right? It could be because you don't you're you've you've fallen into the self-help trap, you've fallen into the lust of self-love, and you have gotten lost believing yourself not to need human interaction or affection or touch. You've detached. Basically, you've become a cyborg. So you're already you're ready for Neuralink, you're ready for AI, and you are already self-aware. So how close the bay door because nobody's getting on board because you don't have anything to offer because you only offer it to yourself. So you could be just too damn dependent. Your routine, your time, your business, your your you could be you know like uh, Lady Gaga. Maybe you just don't got nothing left to give, right? Maybe you are just, you think you are looking for something, but you're not. You're only looking in the mirror. I'm not saying you're narcissistic. You could be driven. You could be focused. You could be plotting it out. Maybe somewhere deep down in your psyche, you're saying, in two years, when I get to this place, then I will open myself up and someone will come in. It's possible. You never know. But you could be a little bit too independent, and that will kind of raise the idea that you don't want somebody, right? So, again, you have to make time if you want people to be interested. And, and you know, I mean, a lot of times on the, the darker side of being single, most of it is because people have been so hurt in the past, and they really are defensive and they justify being single as a self-protective mechanism that closes off their relationships because there's an innate resistance in so many people, including myself at times, to be vulnerable. So I write a lot of people off, I write a lot of opportunities off because I'm neglecting myself and it's a defensive mechanism to kind of chill everything out so that I don't lose control and I don't get... And in the vein of that, I would say that even through the course of my own life, um, as you may identify, I had a lot of unhealthy relationships, uh, relationships that were less than ideal, and I picked people that would be unconsciously unsatisfying um, or that would 
be able to allow me to be emotionally unavailable. So there was a lot of repeat rejections. There was a lot of like people that it was only physical or it was, there was, there was just this huge embedded fear of intimacy and it became an unconscious motivation on how I sought out relationships to reinforce these ideas that were patterns that were formed from childhood that were about unpleasant things. And I had to overcome those fears. I used ayahuasca and some other different things and really coming to terms with who do I think I am and what do I need? What do I want? But these fears do hold you hostage. They do bring in the bad boy. A lot of people that are in relationships that really are, are, are intense and aggressive and where it's you're appearing you're appearing to be a victim well you're only a victim because you choose to to squash your voice and stay in the same situation so a victim yes but by choice yes because you can leave there are agencies and people and, and, and amazing opportunities where people will step up and help you to, to move forward, right? One of the other things that I think that falls into the category is a, is a huge fear, and it's, it's following that category, is a fear of intimacy. Um, you don't want what you say you want, right? I, I, I want to profess right here, right now, live, that I believe that I had a huge fear of intimacy. It does resurface from time to time. Um, maybe you can identify with this as well. But when you experience real love, it, it disrupts your idea or your stigma or your fantasy of what love is. And then, so the love that you created is this fixation that feeds the fear of intimacy and the vulnerability and, and serves to continue the self-sabotage. So suddenly here comes real love, right? Real love sets up shop right where you're at and it's, they're giving, they're, they're supportive. Um, they offer undying, unwavering support and, and you don't know what to do with it. So you could engage in this in an aggressive way and push them back because you can't, you just can't tolerate their, earnest, honest emotion, because it calls out into you this deeper level to look and to see what love really is. And you want to, you're fighting and struggling. You want that love, but you don't know how to open it up. And that's a fear of intimacy. And that generally follows sexual abuse or verbal abuse. I know that I dealt with that a lot myself as a child. Um, Again, none of these are finger pointers. None of these are, um, I'm not trying to, to uh, isolate you or to say, hey, there's something wrong. What I'm doing is, is giving you the flip side of being single and excited about it could be actually a disguise in some of these other isolation and routine, routine things where you retreat and you become so self-sufficient that it could be an act, Right. It might not be actually the honest version of you. All these rules that you've made, all this stereotypical person that you've created, the boxes that need to be ticked, that I'll just stay home and relax tonight, I'll just go to the gym, and you've got opportunities and you don't 
advance into those, it might be because you're actually having some self-esteem issues or self-isolation issues or some of these other areas. Because seeking love, right, of self healthily, not the the whole self-help community, but when you understand that self-love is about not, um, it's not about narcissism, it's not about this uh, undying, unwavering uh, affection of yourself, it's about being present, it's about showing up, it's about having compassion and gratitude and really being present with everyone, even if you don't agree with them. But seeking love isn't an easy quest at all. I mean, it's really one of the most... Um, overwhelming journeys that you'll ever go on in a lifetime especially because everything that you've been up to, you've been involved in up until this point generally has only been healed halfway so you create a shield from yourself to to prevent the world and the people that walk in it from hurting you so uh, you didn't heal it you you honored the hurt and created a barrier and by carrying these flaws, you vilified vulnerability, and when somebody tries to get close to you, you have all of these excuses to cut them out, or you have all these negative support systems to fixate and to create a fantasy about somebody that really isn't a good choice, and you'll go to war over somebody that's not worth it, but when somebody steps up that's bravely coming to you with the most wonderful intentions, you won't be able to to stomach it because it's going to make you feel so um, inferior or isolated. So the idea here is to develop a healthy perspective, um, a healthy state of interaction, develop a healthy dialogue, become your best friend, right? Self-love isn't about setting up a space that is honoring you like some statue. It's about you being able to become fluid and knowledgeable and wise and step into this leadership role where love continually flows from you. And even when you're angry, it doesn't occupy your space. It's not a pattern that's dropping in. When you experience fear or anger or upset or happiness, it's not an emotion that has been packed up and balled up and brought back from two, three, four, five months ago or five years ago. It's happening right now. And that's that's the truth. So we're going to continue the quest. I, I love where the topics are going. I like how we're going through some of these things in my book. If you haven't picked up my book yet, it is on Amazon. It's called Putting the Soul Back in Soulmates, Kindle, Amazon paperback or Audible, please go to rankies.com. You can get more information. If you'd like to come on the show or you'd like to interview, contact me at mdeepshift at gmail. And just to let you know, we're here. We're holding space. You can leave a comment down below as well. And this episode of the show, In Deep Shift, is ending. But please be sure to subscribe for future conversations on topics that will continually tie spirituality with practicality and a common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity. And don't forget, namaste, have a good day, and we love you.